0: It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brown Girls Self-Care Podcast, where my mission is to center the care, healing, joy, and abundance of Black women through a Christian and faith-based perspective. My name is Bree, and I'm the host of the show, and I'm also the founder of Brown Girls Self-Care. Thank you so much for pressing play on this episode. Today I have a good episode for you. I don't know why I just sang that, but I did. I have a really good episode for you. So recently I did a Brown Girl Self-Care Live event on Zoom. It was towards the end of January, and I had the absolute pleasure of having Toya Gavin on. Now Toya is an attorney, and she's a legal consultant, and she's also the founder of um, an online coaching and consulting agency called Legally Bold, where she liberates and talks about liberating uh people from unfulfilling work so that they can claim the li- claim their lives and 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 the careers that they really want like how many times have you ended up stuck in a career where you're just like oh my gosh what did i get myself into right i have done that a few times uh in my day and so this conversation was relevant because we were able to deep dive into into topics like um like setting boundaries in the workplace And um, honestly, we were even able to talk about like, how to go for what you want and not just say yes to like the first offer that you might receive uh, in a career. And also how to shift out of something like how to shift out of a career that you find that is just, for whatever reason, is just no longer serving you, right? Now, because this live event was over an hour, what I have done is tried my best to glean the nuggets like, I mean they were all nuggets that Toya was dropping. I'll be honest with you, but I tried my best to keep this to just a approximately 30 minute episode. So you if you didn't were if you weren't able to make it live, you're not going to necessarily hear everything that was talked about, but I did leave uh, or drop in some really good takeaways. Now, I will say this. You're going to want to connect with Toya. I can tell you that right now. So you can find her on Instagram at legally.bold Again, on Instagram at legally.bold. And you can also find her at linkedin.com forward slash Toya Gavin Law. And also her website is www.legally-bold.com. All right, let's go ahead and get into
1: this episode, y'all. Okay, well, hello, Brown Girl Self-Care family. My name is Toya Gavin, and I'm a coach. I run a platform called Legally Bold. Um, At that platform, I help women of color reimagine their career so they never have to feel overworked, underpaid, and unhappy again. I've been doing that primarily for lawyers for almost two years, and so this year, I'm expanding into uh, women of color of all professions, um, simply because I'm over it. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and so I was really excited to have this conversation and to have a conversation about black women and self-care, because I think this is a moment where, um, we need to pour into ourselves because we've been pouring it out. We got a president in the office. We've done it all. And so now it's time for us to pour into ourselves. And, and that's, that's where I'm focused.
0: Yes. I love that. And you're so right. We were kind of talking just before we started and we were saying that we have done so much and and this is why having this conversation is so relevant and timely but i feel like it's it's always relevant and timely but definitely now it's like black women we do all we are all we be all and when is it our time mm-hmm. this is why this is how burnout and stress start to happen when we're doing all the things and we're giving all of our energy to everybody else, especially on the job, especially in our families. Um, but we do it so much that we're just depleted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love how you said before we hopped on that at some point, we've got to reserve some of that for ourselves. We've got to reserve some of that energy for ourselves. Now, obviously, especially for someone that's like a nine to fiver, or even if you're self-employed, um, or even if you're working part-time, it's hard to kind of find that work-life balance, if you will, which I don't really even believe that there is a such thing as balance, but let's just use that, you know, generally speaking, finding that work-life balance is hard because we face so many things in the workplace, you know, that we carry home with us, Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: making it seemingly just so difficult, again, to fill ourselves up, to make sure that we're good, right? Absolutely.
1: I um just piggybacking off the work-life balance, I, I agree, I don't use that either because I think it's it's very difficult to uh, retrain someone or retrain your mind when we're taught from, you know, being young, kindergarten all the way up. Like you need to work hard and do whatever the boss tells you to do. You need to get this job, da, da, da. And then you get there and you're putting in and you're pouring out for this job. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to magically know how to like balance and create boundaries. I think that's very unrealistic. Um, And there's really, other than saying like work-life balance, there's really no tools (laughs) out there to really teach you or explain to you how to do it. Um, A lot of it is making a decision or a commitment to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's going to feel, particularly for women of color, very difficult because it feels like you're pulling back. Right. Like if you're used to pushing and giving, you know, 8000 percent to your job to decide to create some boundaries in the beginning, it feels different. It feels like, okay, am I going to fail here because I've had success? doing it this way for so long and, and what is going to be the blowback for me for creating boundaries and creating that space for myself. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah I just think the term work like balance is so outdated because it, it's just like this mythical thing.
0: <laughs> yeah it's like a unicorn yeah. right you're yeah. like work what what where what is that like wh- yeah. where they do that at? Where yeah. is that more balance? There, there will never, I don't think there will ever be full balance in but in, in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to not be able to be, oh, this is all 50-50 or 25-25-25-25. Not, I'm not saying that's bad, but I don't think that it's possible. Some things deserve more of our attention. Some things deserve more of our energy. And other things, I'm sorry, depending on where they are in the in the prior, list of priorities or of how it's helping you to live the type of life that you want to live, it's going to have less of a priority. So it would, you know, I don't think life is meant to be where every, and this is just my opinion, where everything is like equal and, you know, everything's equal mm-hmm. across the board. But I love where, how you were talking about boundaries because as kids that are now adulting, like there was no such thing necessarily as boundaries. Speaking particularly of just just talking about just work right now and boundaries. Our parents, what did our parents do? They were working multiple jobs and they were giving their all, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. giving their all.
0: You know, because they didn't want to lose that good job. And on top of that, and and I know that we do this too, but I'm just talking about you know back in the day. Like they had to put up with stuff. <laughs> we're dealing with stuff now, obviously mm-hmm. not be ignored, but if you go back 10, 25, 50, a hundred years in the workplace, our people have put up with, so we had to put up with so much stuff. There was no boundaries. Right. You're not going to tell your boss. I don't like the way you're talking to me. You're not going to tell your boss. Oh, I'm not coming in today because I'm taking a sick uh, or a mental health day or, you know, you're not paying me what I'm worth either. Give me a raise or, you know, we got to have this conversation. Where There was no boundaries. It wasn't
1: mm-hmm. acceptable for us to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And I think <clears throat> some of that some of where, like, our parents were in the struggle, right, and where they were at the time, we have just been raised with those values. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: But I think, at least for us, and it it seems, it seems as though for the rest of America, but I can definitely say for Black people, we've made a lot of strides. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, we haven't really, the only word is, like, deepened into, like, or or felt like we deserve, like we've earned the privilege to create boundaries in our career. And we've worked for it, our parents have worked, their parents have worked for it. So we're the generation, right? We can open new doors, but that's one door I think that has already been opened for us and we can soften into that privilege and we can say, I'm creating boundaries so that I can create something new, right? So that I can open another door for someone else. But if we keep staying in that same space, we're not gonna grow. And it also creates a sense of feeling stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't and so when I think about like work-life balance, I don't think that's what people want. They want to feel free. They want to have feel free to make choices. Mm-hmm. People wanna do well in their careers. Like they have something to give, they wanna fulfill a purpose. No one is here by accident. You know, there's a reason for us being here and people wanna fulfill that. But the way work is today and the way it's set up, you don't have the freedom to even explore that expression and how that fits into your life. You don't have the freedom to feel like you can even just go to your kid's play in the middle of the day and come back, um, which I think is ridiculous. Um, So I think we kind of inherit some of those fears, like, oh, we are gonna lose this good job. But most of most times we won't. Most of most times you could say like, uh, it's lunch. I'm gonna go to my kids play. I'm gonna take two hours. I'll be back It do whoever you got to tell. And maybe some people might give you the side eye, but that's about as far as it's gonna go more than likely you keeping your job. And so I think we just need to soften into the privileges that we've earned in that respect so that we can create something new.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um... And the fact, and it definitely is a, a, I was gonna say a physical. I don't even know where that word came from. It definitely is a privilege that we have that was not um, even thought of 50 years ago, hundred years ago uh, on the job, you know what I mean? Like there was no, oh, I'm taking off boss because dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Right. <laughs> so that is definitely a privilege that our ancestors fought for and lived endured and experienced so that now we are able and we've had to keep raising that level up with every generation, which is really sad because other people in this country don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we finally are at a place where now we are starting to be more comfortable showing up how we are and doing like authentically and saying, take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? We're starting to do more of that, like showing up with natural hair, showing up wearing our scarves or, or just showing up as ourselves authentically, obviously still doing our job and doing it well, but just being, just, just filling that role or what, being more into ourselves as far as like, this is me, this is how I'm showing up and I'm a million percent okay with that. And I am gonna do my best to, you know, have these boundaries around how I'm gonna be treated in the workplace, how I'm gonna show up for myself in the workplace. You know, the types of jobs I'm taking, you know, there's just more freedom now than there was, you know, even 20, 30, 40 years ago. So things I'm are serious. definitely changing, but it is a slow You know, we see people like, for example, like Oprah, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. always goes to Oprah because she's the only Black person in America, apparently. And so they (laughs) like to use her as this model of success. Right. Or Obama, because he's clearly the only Black man in, in the country as well. So they have these two main pillars of success. And they're like, okay, so what's the problem now? Look at you, this everything's great now. What's the problem? But right. we are still fighting for equality, and especially as women. I mean, not only are we women, yay, we're mm-hmm. women, which is great, but just even a black woman versus a white woman, mm-hmm. we're still dealing with the being a woman in in, in 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 getting our pay and all that. But on top of that, we're black women,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we have the struggle of women. And then on top of that, being a black woman Mm -hmm. and being black is definitely a privilege, but it does come with a certain, a a set of just with experiences that we, we've got to just like show up and be like, this is, this is how it's going to be. This is what's going on. This is how I'm going to be. These are things I'm fighting for. This is how I expect to be treated. This is, you know, we're, we're this, we're showing up in, in vibrant and different ways. And we're just not going for the okie doke anymore. And I, I love that. Mm -hmm. It's
1: a process. It's definitely a process. And one of the things that I talk to my clients about a lot is like the power of asking, right? Asking for what you want. And um, because a lot of times we assume the no before we even ask, like they're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And one of the best examples in my life of that is um, I used to be a prosecutor in Newark, New Jersey, and then I left and started my own practice. And at some point, you know, I was like really loving it and I was working by myself and um, I got contacted via an uh, old boss for this firm and they were looking for an associate and I didn't want to work there, but I said, out, he was like, just come in and talk to them. And I decided to go in and talk to them because they had been around for a long time. And I wanted to know like how you build a firm, like how you did it. Da, da, da. So I went to this interview, but I wasn't really answering interview questions. I was asking them like, how did they build this firm? So it was like me and like two white men in their seventies. And I'm asking them like all these questions. And they were just like shocked to the point where they brought in their other partner. Then they took me to lunch. And then they were like, we really want you to like work here. Like, do you want to work? I was like, I definitely don't want to work here. But um, (laughs) if, and I said it just like that and they started laughing. And then, and I said, but if you, I was like, you know if you'd be interested in an of council arrangement I do that. So just for people who don't know of counsel is like you almost have like a, a it's a contract with the firm, but you have your own firm, they have their own firm. And if you bring in business, you get a certain percentage. If they bring in a business uh, to you and your expertise, they get a certain percentage. So it's almost like uh, they contracted out with another firm to do employment law because they don't do employment and they want you to work on this case. Right. So. I proposed this just out of the air, thinking they would say no, and then they said, "Okay, well, send us the details of what you want." So I asked for all types of stuff. I wanted an office. They had this big building. I wanted my name, like when you go to the screen. You know how you go to a doctor's office and there's a screen and it says "Doctor So and So's Office." I wanted to say "Law Office of Toy Gavin." Like I just made up all this stuff, and I was like, "They are going to say no." they said yes to everything I wanted to the percentage I wanted to have an office to, so now I had this fancy office with this little plaque in, in this place, but like, look, like I had this huge firm simply because I asked mm-hmm. and that taught me a lesson about not assuming the no um, before I've asked. And so in creating boundaries for, you know, my clients and stuff like that, I'm like, don't assume the no, right? If you ask, people will often do it because no one has ever asked before right Mm -hmm. if you just say if you set certain boundaries with your emails like just send an email saying listen I'm only going to check emails this time in the morning this time in the afternoon or this time in the evening unless there's something urgent I'm working on projects I won't answer you immediately most people will not care Mm -hmm. but we assume the no before we even asked Mm. Um, and so that just kind of, you know, lends itself to the point that you were making earlier about boundaries and about women of color and like how we can sort of lean into our and soften into our privileges in that way.
0: If when you don't ask for something that you really want, mm-hmm. you're resentful with yourself mm-hmm. and you're resentful with other people. First of all, they're not mind readers, obviously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're not going to just be like, oh, here, let me give you all these things. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know what I mean? Because either they don't know that you even want it or they're like, well, let's just see how much we, you know, let's see how low we can go. So we have to champion for ourselves and speak up for ourselves and say, and and this is- Who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host, Big Boy, Oprah, and KTLA news reporter, Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of Black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of Blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be Black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. Here a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. Feeling more grounded and relaxed is Black Girl Peace for me. And so I really need that while doing things like uh, tackling my to-do list or even braving this crazy LA traffic. If you know, you know. So something that helps me tap in is Recess Mood. It's a delicious sparkling water made to enhance your relaxation time and mood without any alcohol involved so what you will get instead is real fruit mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens and again no alcohol plus no added sugar so i've tried all the flavors and i really really like strawberry rose it's like um a little burst of peace in the middle of chaos because. frizz free up your schedule with way go to t h e o u a i dot com and enter promo code self care for fifteen percent off any product that's t h e o u a i dot com promo code self care what we this is what i offer this is what i'm asking for they can either say yes no or This is what we can do. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We can do some of this and let's see if we can make this work. But when we don't acknowledge our worth, we are doing ourselves such a disservice. And then we're mad after the fact and we're stuck in this situation where we're kind of feeling bitter towards doing the thing because we didn't ask for what we want. I find that we don't do that enough. And I'm speaking for myself here asking for what you want, asking for what you need. It used to be considered a bad thing, I guess, or selfish or, or I don't know, you know, but we've got to get to that place, especially when it comes to being on the job, because the job is going to drain us and take and Mm -hmm. take and take, if we allow it, we've got to be able to realize what our needs are and put those boundaries up. And again, ask for what we want and, st- and not just be mad that it doesn't automatically happen for us. Because sometimes we've got to be bold and take action and say, this is this is what I need to make this happen. Can you do that?
1: Can you meet me here? Absolutely. You know? And I think also um, it, another thing is to not personalize the response, whether it's a yes or no, mm-hmm. right? Because usually their response is not, it, it's not about you. It's about whatever their considerations are. And so, you know, sometimes like that happens too. Like we say, we get one no and we get shut down and it's like, oh, and I mean, if you wanna hear no, run a business, I'm sure you know, right? Like there is there is a, <laughs> you know, a conversion rate and all these things for a reason. People say no, and, and I guess you, and you realize very quickly running a business that the no is not about you, right? It's about whatever they are gotten on. It's the same way at work. Um, you can still figure out ways, like if this door isn't open, you can still figure out ways to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I agree with you, like we do need to ask more and to ask like, can you meet me and all those questions and then not to personalize the response because most of the time it's not about you. You know, it'd be like, because he, he didn't like me anyway and that's why he said that. It was like, he actually... It could have been something totally irrelevant or totally different. Like we have, you have no idea what goes on in the background. You just have to keep pushing for what what's important for you. Right. Yeah. yeah agreed. And when you are in those
0: situations, I'll say because demis- demis- demonstration, discrimination, <laughs> not demonstrating, but mm-hmm. discrimination is very real when we're like looking for work or we're trying to get promoted or um, you know those kind of things. So. Racism is 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 still alive and well mm-hmm. in, in in this great country in the mm-hmm. year twenty our Lord twenty twenty one. So um, I, a part of that is yes, we've got to you know take action and and ask what we want. But when we're met with that resistance on the workplace, whether we're requesting a raise, um, a career shift to another position in the same company, um, leadership roles, um, you know. Promotions, things like that. It's because racism and discrimination is so real, and and then also on top of that, again, the challenges that we face as women, and then the challenges we face as Black women. When you are making it known what you want, the power in that is now you've identified. Okay, Bree, this is what I want. This is my mm-hmm. worth. This is what I do. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. And when you meet that resistance at that point, you. Well, at that point, you're gonna know in the job or, or based on the environment of that company, like what's at play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes it's a little more like um, not so, like you can't really put your finger on it, but it just feels like that underlying tone of like racism or something, you know, microaggressions or something that's not right. Mm-hmm. But once you know what you want, if they can't give it to you, you have the power. Mm-hmm. You always have all the power. Right, We think that these jobs have power and to a certain degree, yes, of course they do because they're paying you a weekly check or a monthly check or or whatever the case may be. They're giving you health benefits and insurance and things like that, Um, but you still have power. Mm -hmm. Black people, if nobody else on this planet, we are the ones that can make stuff happen and we are the ones that get stuff done, Mm -hmm. Right. So if someone, if you're feeling like there's just like, there's that tone of of racism or discrimination, or you just feel like you cannot get ahead no matter what you do, but Jim and Bob and Sarah, you know, they're floating through and they're being promoted, you know, take that power back. Cause that's a boundary too. Take that power back mm-hmm. and really identify like, do I still want to be here? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not racism or just dis- discrimination, but that you've said, this is what I want. Like how you said, you know what, I've I've heard what you guys are offering. I don't want it. But I want I'll do this. You know what I'm saying? But we gotta take our power back and say, like, you know, I'm too smart, too capable, too black, too black and fabulous to just put up with any yo kind of thing. I'm gonna look for another job. Or I'm gonna do dot dot dot. And it doesn't mean necessarily like you're gonna do it today, like I'm quitting right now. But now, because you're realizing just how powerful you are and remembering how powerful you are and that you have control too, you know, you got options. It may not happen tomorrow, but now you can kind of start putting a plan in place and saying deuces because we got to get to a point where we are getting everything we came for. Black people are, we already are not even being paid nearly as much as other people. And we're on a struggle bus when it comes to that, because that affects everything, like how we're able to eat, what doctors we can see, um, what schools our children go to, what houses we buy or what areas we can buy houses in, if we can even buy a house. You know what I mean? Like it just affects so much. So we got to
1: take that power back and be like, nah, I got to make some moves. Right. Yeah, I love the way you describe that in terms of taking back the power in those situations. Um because it really does feel like when you're being discriminated against and when there's microaggressions, you can start to, one, like I said, personalize it, but two, it definitely feels like a loss of power because there is fear with leaving a job and with leaving mm-hmm. what you know and with leaving you know, the salary that you have. There's fear there and working through that, right? And saying like that and trusting in the fact that you have these skills, you have these abilities and you're worth more than this um, is really how you start to reclaim your power in that. And then trusting that what you say is true. You know, I'll have conversations with my clients about microaggressions, and I'm always like, look, no matter what age you are as a Black person, you're the expert on discrimination if there's white people in the room, right? You don't need to have, you, ain't, you didn't have to major in Africana studies, <laughs> right? You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have read every, you know, book from, you know, the new Jim Crow. You could just grow up. And I still have more experience on discrimination than any white person in this room. And so, if you are feeling it, you can trust those feelings and then trust yourself like, okay, I feel this. I'm not, this is not comfortable for me anywhere. I'm going to make a plan to do something different. I'm taking back my power and I'm willing to work through. Uh, the fear and discomfort that comes up from like the thought, even when there's a loss, there's a loss, even in losing a job that's like, you want to get out so bad. It's still a scary proposition. And just trusting that you'll come out on the other side better for it, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, you know? definitely. And I can definitely talk about um, just saying, you know what, quitting this job. And I, I, we can come back to that if I remember, but I see that Kelsey has uh, a question. So I'll try okay. to read this properly here. <laughs> so she says, how do you determine whether you genuinely enjoy being in a in a helping profession or if you gravitate towards service because Black women are typecast
1: as the helpers in our society? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the question is, it sounds like the question is, how do you determine what's true to your core, something that you really want to do, like is helping something, is helping people really what you want to do Mm -hmm. or is it something that's been put on you by society and other people? Right. So uh, one of the things that I think is is very important when you first start out on this uh, idea, right, of either changing your careers or thinking more strategically about your career plan is really thinking about um, what your values are and what you're interested in right? Um, A lot of people talk about values, but they really don't understand what values are. Um, And it's basically the core core principles of your being um, that guide you. So for me, it's integrity, it's love, um, it's courage and it's fun, right? And so those are like, I feel like if someone were to describe me, I hope they would, some one four of those words would come up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But those can be expressed in so many different ways. So Kelsey, if one of your core values might be to help people, but just because you can help people doesn't mean you want to right in the way that you're speaking about it um and so that's when your whole like um your values kind of come to play with your skills and your interests um i think black women in particular we're so used to doing things that we have to do that we often don't take the time to consider what we might want to do um and so um when you and I feel like because I have so many thoughts so I feel like in determining whether you know you are just in this helping profession, because that's something you really want to do, or something that society has put on you. You can start off simply by um, journaling a little bit each day on where you're where you feel your energy right so if I'm going to make up something like say you're a, a, a social worker. right? and you know you're going out to your daily job and like okay you have this meeting like is it a high energy do you feel good in this meeting or are you here because you have to be and this is a real low energy meeting even though you might be running the meeting and people are like really getting the points and they seem to you know really be getting whatever skills for you it was low energy it took from you you re- you felt like you need to be replenished after that meeting same way with like talking with clients, you're talking with the clients, you're helping them through whatever situation. Does that energize you? Right? Like, do you feel good in those moments? If it doesn't, right, you want to note that if you take some time to note that over a week or two, you can see where your energy is. And if most of your energy is on the low side during the day, then you need to start reevaluating. Um, I say like curiosities, your, your, you might just be being pulled to something new and it's time to tar- start exploring that because your energy is saying yes you excel at this because you've been helping people all your life but you don't like this anymore and that's okay too right <laughs> you don't like it and it's it's depleting your energy um you could also see it if like at the end of the day you have all these plans but when you get home like all you can do is sit down because you just feel like i gave it all right i've had those moments I gave it all even if it's just like it was a contained eight hours like I get in there at nine and I leave at five on the dot if you come home and you like I need a good two hours before I get up because my energy is so drained that's a clue as well that yeah there's a virtue in helping people but you also need to help yourself and consider where your energy is and what you want to do
0: so let's talk about some ways that um if someone's considering making a transition or they're thinking about it, but they're not sure, like what, like if it were you, I know you've done this, like what are some things you considered or would tell someone that's saying, you know what, Toya, I can't do this no more. Or I'm just ready for a change. You know, what mm-hmm. would you say to them?
1: Um, What I always start with and what I tell my clients to start with is really doing a self-assessment on all the areas of your life. Um. A lot of times, um, particularly with with black women, we are very career minded. And so we're ready to move forward with the career when really there may be another area of your life that's calling that needs more attention. And so you just wanna make sure that you're working on the the right problem initially, right? Um, Because the career, issue, like you could, it might be something that you need to work on later and maybe your health is calling you, maybe your relationships are more, There are a greater issue. So first you want to just do a real thorough assessment of where you are. Um, if the career is something that, you know, I want to address this year, um, we just did this and some of uh, some of my um, former coworkers are on this call, we did a, I had a goal setting workshop, you want to set your year out with some powerful goals. So that you can kind of figure out, okay, what would would success look like in my career space this year? What am I working toward, right? And you can work backwards from there. Um, So that would be the second thing. The third thing um, that I do with my clients is we create what I call like a good career criteria. So it was a one-page document, right? And no one ever did this for me. It's like no one ever told me. I just always looked at careers through Sally. Like how much money does it pay and can I do it? I'm an attorney Mm -hmm. and how much money does it pay? And will they take me? Right. Mm -hmm. And I never consider, you know, what my interests are, what my values are, what is I work with my clients a lot on creating like a life purpose statement that you can live and out in a lot of different opportunities. So we put all that on one page, along with business realities, like how much money do we need to make and all this stuff so that when you see an opportunity, you can decide whether you want to take that opportunity or not or engage with that opportunity or not. And if you do, you can decide why. So there might be something real to taking a position that maybe, you know, I'm not like 1000% interested in, but in three years, I could pay off my loans. And so I'm willing to work here for three years, but I'm putting a boundary around that and saying three years I'm out, right? Because this is a business exchange, right? You don't don't owe the company anything, right? This is a business exchange for them and for you. you are giving them services, they're giving you money. Look at yourself in that way. Um, And so you need to know kind of what the baselines are for getting a good career. And then you can work through, often I have people come to me who like, you know, they've been working and they work so much, they can't really think about or figure out, like, I'm not really passionate about anything. Like, I don't really know, I'm not really sure. And I think passion is such a loaded word. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we start with is exploring things that you're curious about. Mm-hmm. right? And so I like to create these plans where we explore things that you're curious about in a strategic way, and often that will lead to deepening your interest in an area, and we'll start to find job titles and descriptions and ideas that we didn't even know about, that we didn't even know existed, that you could get paid for that, right? <laughs> like, oh, you get paid for that. I remember, as an aside, when I learned that there was a foley artist which are people who make the sounds in in, in the movies so you know you'll hear like keys jangling yes. or you know the thunder i i didn't know where i thought those sounds call, came from but when i saw like somebody is getting you know you get paid a lot of money i was like wait so i can sit there and do this somebody gonna pay me man listen <laughs> listen okay there are jobs out there for you so <laughs> um that's a just a that's a just a side i, I learned about that very late um <laughs> but tell your kids tell your friends they too could be a foley artist um anyway i am weak i am um, so weak. <laughs> um but once you explore your curiosities and things like that you'll start to deepen your interest in something. And then you wanna create like a real strategic job search strategy um, and looking at published and the unpublished market and really figuring out, okay, how am I gonna get into these positions? Um, what I tell people now in this market, like especially for career changers, the job you want is gonna take about six months to a year to really get, because you're not just entering the job market you have skills, you have desires. And so, just like you're gonna, they're gonna be evaluating you. You're really gonna be evaluating um, them, and that's how you take control. That's how you take back your power as well. Um, so that's how I would like kind of go about it. So just starting off first, though, you really want to do a self assessment because oftentimes, and I have done it, it's easier to work on the the things that we understand and the goals that we can, we know we can get success in quickly. Mm -hmm. than to work on the things that are really, really calling us.
0: All right, all right. So I hope that you were able to sit down and really get some excellent takeaways from the conversation that I had with Toya Gavin. Toya is going to be doing actually a workshop for me um, and for my ladies in Brown Girl Society. That's going to be on March 17th, where she's going to take this conversation further. And she's going to help us to figure out ways to stay in alignment with the goals that we have for 2021. If you're not in Brown Girl Society, I invite you to shoot me an email if you'd like access. It's only $24.99 a month. You can email me at connect at browngirlselfcare.com and just say, hey, Bree, I know it's not open right now, but let a girl in <laughs> and I will get you access. I'll get you all taken care of. You will not want to miss this workshop. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you in 2021, we're not playing no games this year. We're getting our lives all the way together and we're getting ourselves just snatched all the way up. OK, now, again, I want you to be able to connect with Toya. So if you didn't get her information at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to leave it for you here again on Instagram. You can reach her at legally dot bold. So that's legally with a period at the end, and then bold, all right? You can also check her out on linkedin.com forward slash Toya Gavin Law and her website. If you'd like to connect with her about some more coaching, um, you can reach her at www.legally-bold.com. Again, that's legally-bold.com. All right, well, that is it for this week's episode of the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, or I should say hanging out for us in this special episode this week. I will see you next week with another episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. In the meantime, stay blessed, and, um, girl, just keep living your best life, all right? Because I'm definitely over here doing my best to live my best life. (laughs) I will see you next Monday. Take care.